Hi, welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah, joined by... Hi, I'm Benny. And Brad is here, too. Jonah, Benny, and Brad. We've been talking about yoga music. The JBBs. The JBBs are here. That's what our funk band would be called. (laughs) Nice. It's a good name. Yeah, we were just talking about... uh, Making music for yoga videos. Yeah, who... who, uh, who actually creates the cricket track <laughs> that you make your forest soundscape video? We're going to do it, man. I don't know. Someone, right? Some, and if they're not, I think I want this job. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Just imagine, right? You have a program. You just do a nice big J-bone around 10, 11 at night. Essential. Essential, Essential. part of And it. then you're like, all right, I need eight hours of forest. <laughs> Let me get some crickets going. Boom. You don't think crickets. that'd be a little dull? You'd be more like Benny Borowitz? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> He's back, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't had a pun all day, and everyone's been very disappointed. As you'll in me. see from this podcast, Jonah yes. was not on his. I was not on my pun game today. No, man, we've been waiting for it to come back. But now that it's like, over, yeah, it's like your thing, too. And I know, you I know. It. It's like me not being boisterous, yeah, and obnoxious, <laughs> or Brad not maintaining the highest fidelity. <laughs> uh, today on the podcast, our guest um, Benny helped make this happen. Um, and so did, uh, the band's, uh, publicist, James, uh, the Pete <laughs> from the Bouncing Souls. Pete Steinkoff. Pete Steinkoff came by today. Um, which we found out means Pete Stonehead in German. Yes. And interesting. the Bouncing Souls, um, have another record coming out, which is amazing. They've had the day after tomorrow. Yes. July 29th on Rise Record. It is called. Simplicity. Hmm. Mm. And it's, I think it's yoga music, isn't it? It's yoga music. And these guys. ambient, natural sounds. We'll be on tour. I really like it. (laughs) Um, You can catch them on tour this summer and fall with the Menzingers and Roger Harvey. Oh, Roger Harvey, who I just met. He was in uh, that band with Chris number two, uh, White Wives. Don't know. They're good. He's he's really good. He lives in Philly. Um, But uh, yeah, so this album comes out soon and it's... The Bouncing Souls have been together, what do we say? Since 1989. Yeah, 27 years. And this will be their 10th album. Wow. So, yeah. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Makes you look like a newbie. I know. New f- fresh fish. <laughs> fresh, fresh fish. Fresh fish over here. <laughs> I mean, as Benny's new nickname is Fresh Fish. <laughs> but then that makes me think of the guy in the... If you keep calling me that, every time like you it. say it in my head, it's going to repeat... Fresh fish, <laughs> fresh fish. So I can't. Is that good or bad? Uh, I feel like at first it's going to be good. Yeah. But then it could get a little irritating. Yeah. If that's the only thing that replays in my head. Those voices. But I did. It, it is true. The souls have been around so long. I almost don't know life without the souls. Yeah. You know, I certainly don't know like my conscious of music without them. They've always been there. And I did. I didn't talk about it in an interview. I went to see the Souls at their actual house in New Brunswick on a Commercial Avenue when I was really little. And I had to lie to my mom and tell her I was sleeping over my friend Steve Lawson's house. Then his mom dropped us off in the minivan in the hood in New Brunswick, let us chill for a while. We saw the Souls and I believe Latex Generation at this super dirty basement um, it was pretty awesome, pretty scary and it's overwhelming. Epic. And, uh, we had to walk a few blocks to a nicer street for his mom to come <laughs> pick us back up. 
And uh, yeah, pretty sketchy thing. It wasn't the smartest in retrospect for a couple 12-year-olds with skateboards to be cruising down Commercial Ave in the early 90s, but I have this experience out of it. Beautiful. And Brad, you, the Goops toured with the Bouncing Souls, we talked about a little bit during this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We played a few, we played some shows with them and then we did, we did, we, we actually took them on tour for like kind of the our first major label tour which was interesting because we were booked into some venues that were too big for us i think when you say we the goops the goops the goops and um but yeah i remember that they they definitely outsold us with merch and uh and definitely i think i drew us at a few venues for sure were you mad uh, it was kind of depressing <laughs> <laughs> um i mean we loved the band we were friends with them and like when it was suggested by the label that we take them on tour, we were like, "But they're the Bouncing Souls. <laughs> they can't. They can't open for us. Like, are they going to?" And we they sold us the whole like, "No. Once the once the single starts to hit at radio, you guys are going to be drawn. Blah, blah 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 blah. It'll be great." But then you know the single never hit. <clears throat> Let me guess. This was before the advent of Little Shorts. <laughs> because I feel like these days, if you went up showing this much leg. Sales just might go up. Dude, I, I honestly got stood in front of the mirror today and looked at this outfit that I picked <laughs> out, <laughs> which is white shoes. Uh, I've got blue shorts on. And then uh, what would you call this? Like a little collared white polo. White polo. Shirt. Little, white yeah. polo. yeah. Uh-huh. And I looked at this and I said, oh, Pete's coming in today. And I thought, I can I wear this? I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be you. Gotta you got to be, be like, yes, Pete. I just got off my schooner <laughs> to do this interview with you. He needs to know that my life has changed in oh, so many ways. But Brad, I have an ongoing debate with my good friend Andy Diamond, who, let's say he's on the shorter side of things. He's, you know, I don't know, 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, whatever. Short for me, because I'm, you know, gigantic. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking Lenny from Mice and Men. Uh, <laughs> and... He always is. Don't sell yourself tall, man. He's always always wearing little shoes and little shorts, just like you, and never socks. And I always make fun of him that he doesn't wear the socks to create the illusion of a longer leg (laughs) on on a shorter guy. You mean like crew cut socks? Any kind of sock. I have these little like you're wearing socks, barely visible socks. So my point: Do you find? I know. That's a. I couldn't possibly wear like real socks with shoes. That so, seems weird. So this look you're going for is not to intentionally elongate the look of your leg. No, this is to cool my leg when I'm riding over the Williamsburg Bridge. I see, but bike. there's not an ancillary benefit to like the fact that your legs just look a little longer. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe it's shorts make your legs look longer. No, 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 not the shorts. No socks. You get this but long see, ankle, a more I'm slender not... leg. Does that work? Because my, I'm a, I was under the impression that like... That does not work. No. <laughs> yeah. Shorts, I think, make your legs look shorter because the more the more um, horizontal lines that you put in your clothing, like, right? Don't striped shirts make you look... Apparently. Shorter? Apparently. I don't know. If they're, if they're horizontal stripes. And like, I consider this line of shorts and possibly socks would well, make your legs look shorter. It's a good thing we talked about <laughs> none of these things with Pete from the Bouncing Souls. No, but let's he get... I would totally have lost all my cred with him. <laughs> Who's coming up right now? Um, yeah, so let's let's see what we did talk to Pete with. Uh, so let's get into uh, Pete Steinkoff on Going Off Track. It's Going Off Track! 
Yeah, yeah. I saw you play I think, with, with Dave at that Brooklyn Bazaar thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Oz. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. That was a yeah. cool show. That yeah. was a good show. Yeah, Dave's doing great, you know? Working yeah. New songs and stuff. He's on that Talking Against Me Bad Religion tour. That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah, but cool let's tour. be real, Pete. Yeah. Dave, a little California right now. California Dave? Yeah. Santa this Barbara, is kinda like, huh? This is California Dave. It's yeah. like a whole... You see his tan, right? And he's like happy and tan and like yeah. even his disposition has become sunnier, I would say, right? Kind of nice out, yeah. But do we like that? Yeah. I can't dog on it. Because, like, I, old school Dave... It's happy to see him happy, you know? Even though riding the wave was is wildly entertaining. Yeah. He's still pretty entertaining. Yeah. But just, like, a little bit less dangerous. That's good. Yeah. I'm happy for him. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, uh... He needed it. Yeah, we definitely gave him a lot of, a lot of flack, like, becoming California Dave, but then... <laughs> now I'm, like, just... Just like genuinely, like really happy for the guy. You know? Are we all secretly jealous of California? Yeah, because I've been to his house <laughs> in, San, in Santa Barbara, and it's like a block from the fucking ocean. Yeah, and it's it's pretty dope. So and he just like wakes. I'm like, up. all right, never mind. You win. Yeah, I get it. He wakes up every day, and just a lizard brings him an avocado. Yeah, <laughs> like a salted avocado. That's what I'm jealous of: is the fruit growing on trees. Yeah. Well, Pete, you probably, you probably Wait, live pretty close to the beach as well. The I do. I live about uh. Like six blocks on the beach. Okay, it's a Jersey Shore. Like, don't say a barber, but it's <laughs> hey, it's nice down there. It'll you know? do. They're turning it around. I heard or yeah, something. I haven't been down there in a while. It gets nicer every year, you know. Yeah, like like for better or or worse, you know. Asbury Park has become real developed. My band played at this place, Club Deep. There, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Deep. at Asbury Park. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. right yeah. on the water there. We played, yeah, with the Goops there a couple times. Yeah, really. Was Stone, that where Stone we... Pony or maybe Fastlane? I, I remember playing with you guys did somewhere we... at Asbury Park. Yeah, didn't maybe we did we kick off? Did we play a ranted show there where like we did it where it was like a handoff? Like you guys were ending a t- tour with them and something we like starting? that. Yeah, and I Is think that we, where that was. It's at the old Fastlanes. Because I remember hanging out with you guys there. Yeah, like way before I lived there, you know. And it was a way different. It's so funny because oh man, it was so. I remember Eleanor was like, she was determined to take over that, uh, who was the hotel there that had like the round restaurant? The Empress? Yeah. She's determined to like turn it. She's like, someday this place is going to be great, man. Yeah. Well, she was right, you know. <laughs> yeah. She didn't know it would take 20 the, years. The fact that like the hotel was like a Scooby-Doo mystery. You know? It was. The, it was. And, it's like, exactly what it was. And like, dangerous and weird as fuck, you know. That was and the now only way to explain Asbury Park right. to somebody not from New Jersey. Totally was like, do you remember was. the abandoned Carnival Town from yeah, Scooby-Doo? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. definitely Where at any point someone could rip their face off yep. and be somebody else. Yeah, that place was... But, I mean, going down there for shows, I had so many, like, creepy... Like that weird nostalgia for how shitty Asbury was. You yeah. Know? Like it, I've had some like weird, bizarre experiences happen that, in Asbury. And- that's what I mean. It's like, like for better or worse, like Asbury has become this like really nice town, but like the charm is really gone. Do you think that the people who are coming into Asbury now have like any interest in maintaining that old Asbury thing or they're trying to just kind of like get a beach house? Yeah. Like just be think, close to the water. I think some do, new- you know. Some appreciate the history and, and charm of the old. I mean, is like, it like a beat up town? What's is it? So like some of those towns, like I have some cousins that are that live not in Asbury, but like further north on the shore. 
um, I can't think of the town now, but like it seems like the the kind of the people that are drawn to where they are are a little bit more like you know New York artists and people that just needed to get out of the city. I mean, they were that's what they were, and they just wanted to like that's what Asbury was for like ten. 10, 15 years, you know, it was... But now they, now the yep, yep artists are coming in. Uh, and like the gay community, you know, and it was awesome. Right. And now it's just kind of like, just like big money. All right. Which, did you grow up in Asbury? No, no. I grew up in like, just a suburban. For full disclosure, P and I are from the same exact area. Yeah. Really? We are both Somerset from county. proper Somerset County, New Jersey yeah. kids. Which I always like, through the years, I always... Because the Bouncing Souls, in reference to the Bouncing Souls, were commonly known as a New Brunswick band. And then were commonly known as a New York band. Right. And then back and forth, and there was always this beef between, like, <laughs> souls are from New Brunswick. No, they're from fucking Dude, New no, York, fucking bro. just moved to Lower East Side <laughs> and, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, no, they're from here and they're from here. But I was, like, the snobby one. He's from Somerset County. Is actually like, no, 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 no. They're from the fucking suburbs. Actually, right? slow down there. <laughs> I know where they're from. Right up in the hills. Yeah. Uh, right in Somerset County. So you're yeah. all wrong. But slow down there. You're catching Lower East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I Lower East, Somerset. Go, 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 go. <laughs> slow down there, Slim. Always was Slim, too. You got to do that. Easy Slim. Those guys are from like the Lower East, Somerset yeah. County. Yeah. <laughs> Lower side. East, Somerset County. I always like... I was thinking about it on the way here, and we don't have to disclose your age. I know you're not particularly sensitive to it, but like, not because at all. you're just one of those awesome lifelong rippers who just, as I know of you, just doesn't care about much about things like that, which Thanks, I always man. appreciate. I, I think it's a compliment. You. Oh, it's a hundred percent a compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you'll never hear you going, "Oh, just right, right. get older." Right. I'm not that much older than you. I don't think <laughs> you're pretty. You're almost like a good wait. How old? Are you? Let's let's just talk about it here. Forty five. You're forty five. So you're. This is actually works in perfectly to the case I was making. Okay. So <laughs> I grew up like obsessed with eighties movies, right. but I'm kind of like a proper nineties kid. Like I was ten. How old are you? I'm thirty five. Okay. Really? So I was literally ten to twenty in the nineties. So I can't imagine pop culture wise me being more influenced by another decade because right. that was my formative pop For culture sure. years i always imagined the bouncing souls literally and i don't know if it was because of the song with the quotes from the 80s movies or something but i imagined you guys in the proper like 80s kids scenarios in like old suburban new jersey like <laughs> like listening to music at like the rip and sip or like something right, like right. that in the parking like a, lot, like skateboarding. Building, someone had building like a, a girl like in our bedroom, yeah, bird sign yeah, style. Okay, shitty older brother named Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chat, no, chat. Yeah, chat. Yeah. No, I always imagine chat. like so when I think of like your guys' youth, and especially since so this means that you were exactly the same as me, right? Ten to twenty through the eighties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. So was it exactly the way I'm imagining it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Growing up, like in the suburbs in the '80s, was like a living in a John Hughes movie. You know, yeah. Like, he kind of nailed it every time, like in different ways, right? Yeah. So basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> and that's why we like, you know, uh, like I guess it was like the end of the '80s and like in the early '90s, like we had this like like nostalgic 
kind of trip that, you know, it, it had just happened, but <laughs> to us, it was like this coolest thing, like, oh, like, let's just watch John Hughes movies all the time and just like start writing songs about him, you know? He made it look so good. <laughs> it was like 91, you know? Like, it, it was like, that was like, uh, remember like back in the day? That was definitely you guys for sure. I think you might have been the only band doing that though. Yeah. We like brought the 80s back way before. Yeah. I mean, oh, people yeah, are doing yeah. that shit now, you know? Totally. And I'm talking about the 20 years ago. Yeah, so, way ahead of your time. Like we're trendsetters. And, and I appreciate it back. too. Because like, there are some movies I feel from the 80s that are getting lost. Like something like you mentioned, like Weird Science gets played all the time. Right. And like people are like, yeah, the 80s, Weird Science. But I feel like the deep cuts are starting to go away. Like my favorite ones. Like what? Like Summer School. Summer School is a good one. Like real genius. What about like three o'clock high? Three o'clock high. That that you'll it's catch on favorites. TNT from time to time. Yeah, but, but not like sixteen candle style, you know? Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, so I mean, let's just bust off top. Do you have like a top three like standard eighties movies? Can yeah. is it too hard, or can you like single them out like that? Like I don't think about it. As much like, as, I used to, as I used to, like when I like really love the eighties. You know? It'd be kind of weirder if you did. If you're just like, yeah, oh, man, sitting up at night, like, it's like like deep, like you know. Well, this is why this one's the best. You know, <laughs> I just uh, thought about that's a, this. That's another podcast. Yeah. Right. A whole other podcast. Uh, I think <laughs> the Breakfast Club is like, yeah, the quintessential one. Sure, because of all like the different different characters and. Now I always and uh, and and pretty in pink too because right. yeah that's Harry Dean Stanton is the man. <laughs> he is the man. <laughs> Was this? Does this include like? Were you into like trauma movies like Toxic Avenger and like those stuff in the eighties? Yeah, but that's a whole another category. Right? Yeah, that's kind yeah. of also yeah. like that's not of a age. No, is that stuff like timeless? No, but I mean, like, it's not definitive, like, of, like, the time period. As you know much. Toxic right. Avengers from New Jersey, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I was very into the, I don't know if this is eight, maybe late 80s, the Van Damme, Steven Seagal uh, world of action movies. They and kind I was, of crossed over in the 90s, though, but yeah. it's yeah. the same era. I was into the violence, but I was also into, like, just the one-liners. Yeah. Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they invented those are, like, that. fucking best, you know? Yeah. Like, Total one-liner. Although I guess yes. that came from James Bond, though, right? The yeah. whole idea of the one-liner. Yeah. And then it got real co-opted by uh, To Catch a Predator. I Wait, felt what? like whenever I watch that show and Chris Hansen comes out from behind the kitchen, he's like, he's like, well, I'm in the mood for a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's always like, it's always this one. It's so, like, like, dude, Bruce you're about Willis. to ruin someone's <laughs> life. You have to make some yeah. kind of yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your best, like, Bruce Willis. Like, (laughs) Like, deep, deep, you know? Yeah, I had, like, the lowest expectations for the newest Die Hard movie. I was like, I was like, oh, goddamn, like, new Die Hard, probably going to be terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then within the first five minutes of the movie, he lands in Russia. He's in, like, a full-on machine gun car chase with just anonymous, like, Chechens. And he drops the catch line, the movie catch line within the first five minutes, which is, I'm supposed to be on vacation. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm classic. like, done. I'm like, this diehard knew exactly what it should have been. Yeah. Stayed in line. And now I love it as a result. Kind of uh, embarrassed to say I never saw the new diehard. I haven't I seen the new one. I didn't see the new one. When yeah. did it come out? Recently, uh, or sort of no, right? within like, it was like two, three. I saw years the ago. Justin Long one, but that, that was, was a while the one like... before it that okay. set me up for the fall, thinking this one was going to be terrible. Yeah, 
Justin, what happened to Justin Long? He seemed uh, to be. He was a at a New Year's Eve party I was at this year. You're so cool. <laughs> Who's Justin Long? <laughs> he was in uh, what's his most famous role in the Apple commercials with John Hodgman. He He's was in that movie <laughs> Waiting. Yeah, he was the waiter. Um, admitted when he starts his own college. Oh, he was in with Jonah Hill. He was in that um, that dodgeball movie, right? Oh, dodgeball, the true underdog story. <laughs> uh, we know a lot of Justin. We do. We do. He's um, good. He's just not that into you. Rom com. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. He's in that. Yeah, he no, plays yeah. like the maitre d' guy. Yep, gotcha. Who, who I believe falls for Barrymore. I'm, I'm not sure. I have a question for you, Pete. My friend recently started working at the recently reopened Holiday Cocktail Lounge. Really? Yes. And he said it's actually pretty cool. I've heard it's pretty cool. Because yeah. I was so... I mean, I know you guys had a song about it, and I used to go there all the time. Such so a great spot, And right? then, yeah, and there was that kind of old owner guy who was always there, and then I guess he passed away. He and passed then, away... Like, like around 10 years ago almost. Then, yeah, I guess right? it was a while ago. And then I went back in there and it was like kind of like sports bar TVs everywhere. And I was like, eh. But he said they kind of redid it and it's actually like cool now. Did it close for a little while though? Yeah, it was closed for a while, I think. Yeah. Do you have a lot of fond memories of... Yeah, yeah. That was like my favorite Yeah. bar back then, you know? Yeah. That was... Remember the anti-waiter? Him, yeah. <laughs> the old man. Like, like you'd ask for like a Jack and Coke and he'd give you like... A vodka tonic. You're like, I have to drive Coke. He's like, yeah. <laughs> no, you know? no, I'm talking about the barback guy who would go around and pick oh. up the bottles when you would like when they're half done. And I was no. convinced that he was doing it so that they could sell more beer. Oh, you're probably right. He yeah. would never, dude. So he the, would pull it right it, out from it. If you were looking the other way the at a chick's probably. ass, he would fucking grab it. <laughs> that was the first. You know what? That's the first bar that I ever went to in New York. Really? But yeah. When I was like, no first time I ever came to New York before I ever moved here, underage, I went to the Holiday. That was the they first had the place. best, the jukebox. Jukebox was so good, and yeah. and the cheapest drinks. You know, like in like even, you know, like thinking about like the late or mid nineties. You know, like beers were like like three bucks in a bar, and there it was like a dollar fifty. Yeah. or something, you know, you're like let's go holiday cocktail lines, and and they would close at like eleven, so like you'd go there, get all warmed up, and yeah. go out. That's know? right. It was a warm up bar. Uh, you remember those days when you could get. Drunk and have cigarettes for like ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, man, all night. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and smokes. even maybe even manage to plate of French fries in there, yeah. or something like that. Disco fries, cheap Odessa. Yeah. yeah, times. Yeah. And the minimum wage is the same. Yeah, but now it costs, it costs yeah. about a hundred dollars to get drunk. Yeah, we're not last night. I spent ten dollars in like thirty-five seconds. Oh yeah, yeah. impossible. Yeah. I mean, even when's the last time you seen it? An ATM with a ten dollar minimum. Yeah. So you moved to the to New York from Jersey for a while. Yeah, we um just to, to clear up the controversy. I think the, it like, was controversial. Well, this was I serious. lived. We like we were like based in New Brunswick, like for actually for like a like in in retrospect like a very short time. It was probably like four years. You know, then we all kind of congregated towards New York. Like I lived in Hoboken in a house full of guys and like. We had a practice space there and stuff. And and Brian moved to New York. And um, then I moved to New York in like 96, 97. And then back to Jersey around 2004 or 5. So Where did you live kinda, in the city? Were you guys all on Lower East Side? I lived uh, on Orchard Street. And then I lived in, in the West Village for a couple of years. So which, you had which a, was awesome. You had your motorcycle then? Or did that I did, yeah. yeah. Was that cool to sort of... I, I, I always see it and look so like... 
idealized to me. I'm like, that must be so awesome. You can weave around everything. You can it's park. It's a cool way to get around for yeah. sure. Yeah. I had an old, like, uh, like, a, like early 70s Honda CB, you know, so it was a cool, like, little cafe racer just kind of oh, that's cruising a good city, city bike. You know? Yeah, I had an interceptor that I used to use for cool. the city. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Sipping around, you know? Because I also had a, go- a Guzzi, which was just too big, but it was good for getting the fuck out of yeah, the city. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Getting out and yeah. hitting the hill somewhere. How nerdy is that. it to get, like, the cushy, like, three-wheelers? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, it's like, not Because cool, the idea of, like, cruising around. Getting a car, man. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> the idea was, like, I hate, I hate convertibles. And the idea of, like, just cruising around, like, with handlebars and, like, things blown in your face <laughs> sounds super nice. But the whole undertaking of, like, learning how to be, like, a motorcycle <laughs> But you're guy. talking about all the worst parts of being no, on a bike. No, dude, I just, but you ben, get you into ha- any endeavor like that, there's so much stuff. Like, that's, like, mo- once you go into motorcycles, you're, like, motorcycle But you dude. haven't, like, you have to live... You, you have the look already. Like, you yeah, could really. pull it off, Benny. Wait, you got, You need more. I'm not just like, <laughs> didn't hey, you just, guy, I like Sons of Anarchy. You didn't pull like, up on a Triumph out, out front today? What's that? No. You could do it, but you have to live with uh, the fact that, like, every person who drives by you thinks you're a total fucking pussy. You know? <laughs> like... Really? Uh, oh, other motorcycles? Saw, yeah. Wait, other car, even car people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, like, I some remember, guy in a minivan like, look at this like, skirt. Recently, <laughs> some guy, like, rode by me, like, in one of those, I mean, it was, like, a car, but with three wheels, and his girl was on the back, and she looked so miserable, because she uh, looked like, like she looked like every person was staring at them, like, oh, my God, look at these people, you know? So... I used to date a girl gotta, who had a cherry red cabriolet convertible that would uh, I would often drive <laughs> when she wasn't around. And I definitely, like, imagine me, like, fatter with a chin strap <laughs> and, like, a Yankees hat, like, fitted and more like this, like, cocked off to the side, like, like kind of a herd, like, <laughs> riding around in this, like, cherry red cabriolet. Listening to Endeavor or something? Probably. But yeah, I wasn't joking, though. The, the thing is that, like, the trike has only the worst parts of being in it. Like, you still get bugs in your teeth. You still get sunburn. Yeah, but you get that stuff. kick-ass stereo. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Get in a car. You get storage. I would take a car. Like, like how do you true. even bring shit around? But... But like, you don't have any of the positive attributes of a bike, like being able like, to pull, right, pull ahead of a car simple, or zigzag through traffic. question, right? Say you're not into, like, drinking from plastic bottles, right? Which I'm not supposed to be. I kind of don't give a shit, but my <laughs> wife, like, I'm not allowed to drink out of plastic bottles. So say I'm, like, a motorcycle guy. I'm taking, like, a 100-mile trip. What's up? This is my motorcycle voice, by the way. <laughs> Hope you guys like it. And, like, you got to stay properly hydrated. Like, hot summer day, and I need, like, a good two gallons of water. But I like. What are you, a horse? <laughs> 100 miles in the hot summer heat? This is why your skin's so wrinkly, Brad, because you don't mind these things. Um, so I have like a couple good, hefty Nalgene bottles, like I'm trying to bring. Where do you even put them? How does, how does a motorcyclist stay properly hydrated? Those are the kind of things that you just don't think about. Yeah. <laughs> you got to like, go to some like river. Like, oh, this is the bike no, like, river. And like, just... like part of the trip is, is like the stop. You know? Exactly. Like, you like, have to you stop. Yeah, but then you got to just spend more money. Like you can't like pack a lunch when you're a biker. You have to like go <laughs> you put stop somewhere. Yeah. Huh? 
Yeah, or saddlebags. Oh, I bet someone has an attitude about like a guy in a Harley with a backpack. There's probably like <laughs> no, the Harley guy has leather saddlebags. Like judgy, like I don't, I just don't want to get into it. And if I do, I want to get into it in sort of the lightest, fluffiest way I can, <laughs> which is like the nice brand but, new three wheel. But it's not like fun though. It's not fun. It's not fun. Pete, have you had any like accidents or close calls or anything like that over the years? Uh, I I fell once actually in Brooklyn on a uh, it, we had a practice space in Dumbo and yeah you know, like all the roads are like old old like train tracks yeah everywhere oh, shit, yeah right? I like got st- stuck in one of those like, I was going kind of slow but fucking hurt yeah but that's the only time I ever fell that's lucky got were you wearing a helmet uh, uh, always yeah. wore a helmet always wore a helmet yeah did you have to. Like when you first started, yeah, yeah, it was always in New, New Jersey. It was, yeah, 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 Jersey, New York, but Pennsylvania, you could go helmetless, right? I think so, yeah, yeah, I think Delaware too, right? Maybe yeah, you know. Rhode, Connecticut <laughs> used to be in Rhode Island, I think still is helmetless, but I don't know if Connecticut is. Rhode I Island, I always like the Wild West. Yeah, it is. It really, <laughs> it's is. crazy. It there. is the Wild West. It's, it's the Wild West of the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I want to talk about the Bouncing Souls truck. Okay. Like, I don't know if people, like, I feel like the the old school, and I don't want to sound like one of these, like, old self-righteous people, <clears throat> but some of the old school methods of touring are lost to the youth. Yeah. They don't understand, like, sometimes what it took to get your dudes and a bunch of shit around the country back in the day. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, the Bouncing Souls... At what year did it birth? Uh, the White Castle was born in 1996. 96. Yeah. And it's still... No, it's retired. No. Yeah. But it's still living, what, down at, like, Maddie's or something? It's uh, It's gone to... Uh, our friend has, like, a... like a. He's in, in, like, the woods, and he has, like, a motorcycle, like, a huge, like, compound, and, and it's, like, it's a museum piece now. It's living in there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, the White Castle <laughs> was a giant. Was it a box truck? White it was a box, box truck, truck yeah. that the Souls built out on the inside to be like a proper, amazing touring vessel. Maybe don't say proper, I but mean, it was fucking amazing. But like <laughs> compared to like you know, in those days, you'd see these like crazy shoddy lofts and these crazy things where like people are just flying all over the place and yeah. no one knew. And then you go into this Souls truck, and there's, like, actual properly, like, built out, like, bunks and, like, lofts and things and, like, that little portal from the front entrance. Like, yeah. how did, uh, I think the people need to know how, like, something like that, how did, like, the White the white Castle come to pass? We'd been through a couple, uh, you know, like, we had the van that we, that had, like, you know, 400,000 miles on it that we'd gone across this country, like, a hundred times. And then, uh. Then we bought like uh, um, one of those small buses that everyone warned us like they're not made for like long hauls, you know. So that broke down fast. It's like like a short bus, yeah, like a school bus. It's like very long story short. Okay, there's, there's, like, so much shit. <laughs> Bad idea. But uh, <clears throat> but uh, then um, so we we were on tour and we saw some band. I think it was I can't remember who it was. It may have been that band Ten Foot Paul. They had a converted box truck, and we saw it. The box truck is like, like the delivery truck for like 
Yeah. Wonder Bread. The and, Ford yeah. Yeah, yeah, box yeah, truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, it, 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 it's a truck with, uh, you know, it's just it's a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Box. Standard yeah. box truck. Yeah. Not a delivery truck. Like a, um, not, like a, a, not like a UPS? A rider truck. Oh, like what? Who had those? Um, fucking, didn't the Descendants have those? They did, because they saw ours. Oh, really? <laughs> and then they... They took the idea and like went with it like like theirs were like decked out like fucking beautiful. <clears throat> so you have you your know? gear in a trailer or inside the box truck part? At first we had uh we built it so it had a loft area for all the gear and just had like, you know, I, th- I think it had like six bunks, you know. And then um we like it went through a couple different changes, you know. And but then in the end it uh had eight bunks that had a back lounge thing and like we pulled a trailer and then we bought a second box truck that had all the gear in it, so we had had two. The descendants so, said that theirs was fucking hot as hell, though. They said it was it sucked. Well, so it was hot, it was hot, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. Like we did, man. Fuck, I I can't believe we I, to say this, but we did. I think we did four warp tours in it. Oh my god, four full warp tours. So, That's I mean, this, and this is back when like like oh. you would like somehow like you'd rationalize shit in a way that. I can't as a as a, as, a, as an older gentleman, <laughs> you know, with who likes my like future comforts. Couldn't even imagine that. Like we we would spend a whole summer in that. Like, yeah. In that. Did you have like, a driver? or You drove it yourselves. Uh, we had a driver usually. Yeah. Yeah. And warp tours we would because you know yeah, it's yeah. All like, totally you have drives. to. But uh, I remember, you know, like I don't know how we did this, but it, in the end we had um, generator an AC unit, you know, but. Took a long time for us to get there. Yeah, you know? yeah. What were the shocks like? I mean, did you bounce around a lot in there? Or? You bounced around, but it it became part of your <laughs> being. You're the bouncing souls. You know yeah, I, mean? like, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even making a joke. And then I was like, oh my God. Oh, it was right It became there part of your me. whole thing. Like you would be like, I spent, you know. It became part of your thing. In the time that, uh, that, that we owned that truck, like I spent as much time in that bunk as I did in a bed at home, you know? So <laughs> it was your home, like your sanctuary. And like that, like rumble or the sounds. And uh, it was like, I, I, there's nowhere in my life since then that I've, I've like had a better night's sleep. So, uh, do, you, like it, do you think doing that kind of stuff? I mean, obviously you guys probably saved so much money having that versus having a tour bus. Which yeah. I'm sure you could have done. I mean, do you feel like one of the secrets, to like the longevity of the band is the fact that you guys are willing to kind of, I don't know, do stuff that maybe is kind of not like the regular thing bands do and sort of innovate in that way and then kind of maybe have more money to think so. sustain things especially back then yeah you know like like we're not quite as brave anymore yeah yeah know? but uh back then we definitely I, I mean that's how we all like made a living so we would come home with a, like, a lot more money than if we just spent it on a tour bus you yeah. know yeah I, do. Mm, I don't know how these bands do it now like I don't either even I, when we were on warp tours, like like ten years ago or so, like you'd see these new bands and like you know, like I know how much tour buses cost a day. You know, like I, I, is it just for like like the experience of it? Or I remember talking to a band them being like, "Well, we have a bus," and they were like, well, "We have jobs," and they was like, "We could either done it in a van and had money and just hung out between tours, or we could tour in a bus and then I could, we just all have to work in between." Right, right. And, right. I and think I was that's like, "Rare though." I do. Too. I was yeah. like, "Dude, I would rather." Yeah, I would never want to work if I could, yeah. you know, like be a little more. You got the money, like, and you don't care. You're going to buy. I met a famous A and R label guy who fucking rents a tour bus to drive his family from the west to the east coast 
every year. Really? Wow. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, you got the dough, you can do it. Yeah. But I, I feel like, I don't know what the percentage, I'd say a good, like, four out of five bands in that situation, especially young bands on Warped Tour, are just sucking on tour support. Yeah. They're taking money from these bigger labels, and they're, well, they're young, playing, yeah. and they have this idea that... Well, I think it's probably the, an ego thing, the too. The success they're having at the moment is especially going now with, to like, continue, and they're going to actually make this money back, but... Yeah. You know, more often than not, they'll do a record, two records. They'll owe the label so much more than they even have. And that's why, I mean, if there's, you guys were smart about it and we actually Gaslight did it too, where you don't go to a bus until like you look at like your operation. It's like, all right, we we have to go to a bus. Like, I don't know another option right now that makes any sense. But like, if you're just like trying to get on a bus before you got the money... Fuck, man. It's crazy. You're going to eat shit. But that truck, you know, it was our home for almost 20 years, you know? Yeah. We had to retire it because it was just old. Who old used spot. to do, like, the, the build-outs? Like, who was, like, the main carpenter in uh, Boxing Souls? Uh, we all did some carpentry, but the last one build-out was uh, our old drummer, Shao, and, um, and Maddie, a couple of us, but they were the ones that were, like, the architects of the whole thing i just saw shall in jersey city did you really cool walk by me but i've met him a few times and he never remembers me so i didn't say hi that's my story <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not trying to embarrass you but benny how like how big of an influence sort of were the souls on you kind of coming up in new jersey being into punk i mean because it seems like you guys were i was like misfits like there were a lot of bands like associated with east coast but it seems like you guys were really one of the most influential especially in that area Oh, yeah, like, when I, like, met the Souls guys, like, me and Pete may seem familiar now because we've known each other a long time, but, like, when I first, like, actually, like, met those dudes and, like, got on some kind of level with them, I was, like, I was pretty, like, starstruck, in honesty. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I had the connection between, because I knew John Hilt for many years, And because of it, I knew Kate a little bit, but I really knew John. But I kind of had that into their world because their manager, Kate, um, is also from Central Jersey. And her older brother, John, was the drummer in Born Against and used to be my sound guy at shows. So I was familiar with that. But the Souls were like this like amazingly unattainable band to me. Uh, <laughs> you guys were like, you guys were like huge in my estimation. And I remember... The first time I even heard a soul song was a band called Negative Five, who was from Hillsborough, New Jersey, who featured a super young Rob Hit, who wound up being in Midtown and now I believe manager to the stars. Oh, manager, or, or whatever, crush management, whatever. All star. Rob is up to now, and uh, and his band played some bouncing soul song. They it was a <laughs> New Year's it was a New Year's Eve show at the like condo association building at like a condo complex in Hillsboro. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and and that was the first time I like heard a couple uh bouncing soul songs. So I was like, oh fucking badass. That's and amazing. then checked it out and this and that. I was kind of like an angry, sad hardcore kid. So I didn't appreciate the bouncing souls <laughs> a little bit older when I got a sense of humor, kinda. I was like, oh what are they, pop punk? I'm too serious for that. But um no like and especially the whole east coast fuck you thing like 
just the the style, like the fact that I came up in the New Brunswick scene in the wake of you guys. You know what I mean? You guys were like the kings of New Brunswick, like right before I got there. And I went to one show at your old house. So long story short, <laughs> yeah, they were like super iconic. And when I actually like met him and got to know him, like, yeah, I was I was probably like acting as if the first couple times, and I was kind of like brown nosing a little. And, you and you're like, this guy is just a bunch of just fucking jerks, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> well, just like me. You know, if <laughs> I could actually jerk. like be totally real about it, I the Bouncing Souls were a band that taught me this weird lesson about the music industry, because I viewed you guys as like. In my estimation, you guys were like Metallica. You were like Queen and you were like this. And then like when I got to know everyone and, and I saw this, I'm like, wait, Basking Souls have to like work when they're home? I'm like, why? How is that possible? Like, why is that a thing? Like, I don't get it because this band should be never have to work. I'm like, they're the Bouncing Souls. Like, and, and that was like a reflection to me on like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, music industry is like a really awful place. Like, I'm gonna get in. Right. Well, I mean, start a band. You know cool. what? It was part of my motivation to be more like an A&R guy. No, to be like, yo, like, fuck you, pay me. In certain right. instances, you know what yeah. I mean? Because like, I saw like dudes who were like as real as you could possibly be, who like deserved what I thought to be more than they had. You know what I mean? So when certain opportunities were put in front of me just even that knowledge guided guided my decision a little bit well i would say even sort of what we were saying about the truck like you guys kind of had your own label way before kind of every band had their own label i mean how would how did that come about kind of pre-epitaph and merch too yeah that was all and everyone had that fucking t-shirt oh yeah who doesn't what that's the the green ball yeah with the bottle Oh, oh right the bottle one. Oh, yeah. The bottle yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the label was just because cause no one wanted to put our records out, you know? Really? So we just, our friend had some dough, Tim Chunks. And uh, so we, we borrowed two, like two grand from him. We pressed some CDs and like named, and, like, named a label, and like named our label after him. That's, and yeah. then, you know, like, and then later it just became something cool that like, like we could do for other bands, you know, like we, we couldn't really offer much, you know, but, um, put some cool records out. You know? yeah. When did, when did the souls become like a full-time sort of thing for you where like it could sort of sustain itself? Well, early on, we just like ate shit and like lived like that way too. So like they <laughs> didn't have to have jobs, you know? So like we would like, you know, like have like hundred dollar a month, apartment you know so we could just not have to work you know and then or like all like just just pile into one house so we could just all like like collectively pay with like like a little bit of bad money we had and then um i think like when we signed epitaph was when we could sustain ourselves as like as like real human lives (laughs) what's cool is you guys have all like individually gotten into like such like Again, like using the same thing I said, I always look at the souls as like, yo, those motherfuckers keep it real, like all the time. <laughs> and the fact that, like, between the three of you, you're all sustaining yourselves on like art and music and 
books and creativity yeah. and doing things like that, like it, it kind of like lends itself to that. And I actually read in like an old interview with you that you said one of the biggest pieces of advice you could give to like a kid coming up is to like ignore trends as they're happening and just like stay exactly true to to what you think is cool and 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 do it like that is that still like is that the guiding force behind like almost like a dedicate you guys are like it's like a dedication to the counterculture in a way i think it's the only way you can have any longevity you know um because bands or labels who go with what's going on they either like lose respect or they you know like they just no it if you keep going with like what's happening and you're not just doing like your own thing, I, I think people can like see through that really fast. You know, do you, have you seen your guys like since you have been a band for so long? I mean, what is it now? Like 26, seven years. 27, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's a long time. And in that time, like even punk has gone through like a few different waves. Yeah. Like, have you seen your guys like you guys stay consistent and have you seen like crowds and vibes like change like based on the the landscape of punk at the moment i think it it changes as like as trends change you know like there's times where like what you're doing is really popular so it, it, you know like in like the mid 90s when like a band like the green day and and, and the offspring got huge like that even like trickled down to yeah. like, like the mid level <clears throat> bands like right. everyone it did better, you know, yeah, and then yeah. when something else got like the real popular, maybe it got like a little less, you know. But I, I think our our fan base is big enough that like we can, even if it's not like the biggest ever we've ever been or smallest ever, like like we can can like maintain what yeah, we're doing. You guys are, and I, I mean, you've got you're one of those bands who like <coughs> you were doing it long enough before. This is the this is the key to success. I see it again and again. You were doing it long enough before that, like you built this diehard core audience. That then, when you started to make money, because <clears throat> you didn't change your tune, they stay they stayed with you. You know what I mean? And like, it seems like that's the bands that last the longest. That's kind of very few bands come out of the box and get popular and like manage to stay. Yeah, keep it together. what's weird? I just watched. I mean, uh, Pete wearing Arturo Vega shirt. Which is awesome, yeah. and I uh, I just watched End of the Century, rewatched Dude, it. it. So good, right? So good, so depressing, but so good. Yeah. And what I and sort of what this conversation well, was about, lessons in that, right? So many yeah. lessons, but I sort of forgot. Like there was a point where John was like, "Yeah, in the '90s, like we weren't as popular." Like you forget, like a band like the Ramones, you think of as always being yeah. huge, mm. and like it's weird to even think like there was a period where like. I don't know, people sort of took them for granted or didn't care yeah. about their new no, records. Even as like bands like, you know, like Green Day and everybody were blowing up. Like yeah. that was when the Ramones were probably at their least like just yeah. they weren't even taken seriously. But they were they're like fucking clowns. timeless, you know? And yeah. there's totally. all these bands now that are huge, they you know, like they're not gonna be like remembered like the Ramones were, you know. Right. Totally. <clears throat> um so again doing you have a really professional website. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. It's like super sharp. <laughs> like me personally? Yeah. yeah do, like yeah. the Pete Steinkoff website. My the friend Pete Stonehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it PeteSteinkoff.com? Yeah. Yeah, PeteSteinkoff.com. And it has like all the cool stuff you've been engineering. 
yeah. and producing, which is like that's like your your main like your main vibe now. Yeah, right. It's like, know, and like, well, to interrupt you. Like one thing also that I, I think is was going is like we knew like when to kind of stop and like yeah. do other shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Which can you know? Is that how you got into right. recording? Yeah, like like we all started to trickle down to, 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 to doing other things as well, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. Because yeah. if you keep going on that, like, treadmill, you know, like, it's going to fucking burn out. But I'm sorry. No, but, no, that's interesting, though. So do you think, like, do you think, like, how do you gauge that as a band, though, when you, like, feel like you're hitting a point where you got to slow it down? Like, do you guys just stay really open and communicate about it? Is it one person who's often being like the oh i'm not sure or like like how do you get to that conclusion uh i don't know like i, I think it just happens happened for us kind of i guess kind of organically we're like we all kind of knew you know like i i think if you wait and to do like shit you know like people will be excited to like see it again but if you're like constantly there like all the time, like people would be like, "Oh, there's the souls again," you know, right. big deal. Or they take know? it for granted, like they don't come out. They're like, oh, "I'll see him in six months, whatever." Yeah, and, and it gets tedious for you know, like you're you've been in a band that's like toured for like a million days, and it's fun, but it's more fun when you like don't, and then like right. you go back and do it again. They're sure. like, "Oh, like, this is fun as hell," you know. Well, yeah, definitely. If you take some time, show one feels a lot better than show. 500 yeah right, right yeah the, yeah the year before did you do the new souls record at your studio no no we did it uh at a studio in asbury park that i work at as well though uh, okay called lake house nice and what was it like first record with george rebello it was awesome yeah George's one of my man. favorite drummers I mean, badass, I mean, right? yeah. I could sit here. What is there to say about George? George it's the me next, too. Me the next too. Half hour is gonna be me with my nose up his ass, <laughs> pretty much, because I love him so yeah. much. He's such a great guy. You know? Not to not yeah. to diss. I love no. Mikey D. It's my Dermot, boy. It's awesome. I never Shao's knew awesome, how you know? like yeah. Shao was like innovator. Mike was insane. I like I never understand how a guy so stoned could play so fast. Yeah, it just never made sense to me. He, he was uh, yeah. It was but. George being said, like, so George is like, a lot of people don't know this. He's like a proper drummer, like jazz trained, like yeah. timings. He can do all the weird stuff. Guy can play. Yeah. yeah. Has, has he injected any like weirdness into the souls? Uh, I like think that. Just I like, know, I don't know. Because he did, he, I feel like he really did, he really, because <laughs> he really didn't with Against Me. I felt like that was very. He had to play that very straight. Yeah, but he mostly played just like... I feel like in Against Me, it was a unique scenario. Totally. Because George coming in and playing the parts that Warren wrote as a drummer, and his two drummers I like, I can't imagine two drummers who play more opposite from each other. Right, right. That's a good point. I really feel like that, that pocket that Warren played with was all based on the fact that like he was just about to like lose it all at any second. He was so and that, and that made like something to watch all the time. Too. Yeah. And that like, made their the songs. Yeah. Like, oh and my with, God, and they're with, about to fall off the rails. And with George, it's like so effortless. And George yeah. is just yeah. like, 
Yeah. Like, just, yeah. like, he's barely even... I have a great George story, actually. Right. We were touring with the draft, and again, Durst. this is one of those stories where I'm playing it cool, but, like, I'm around the guys from Hot Water Music, and I'm like... <laughs> like, I'm kind of, like, gleefully watching the shows every night and stuff like that. And George is a... Uh, a huge Sudoku man. He loves Sudoku puzzles, and he's right. also a diehard Red Sox fan. Yeah. And we were playing a really shitty bar show. I want to say in like some somewhere around like Pensacola, like in the Florida Gulf. There might have been like 30, 40 people there. It was the draft. It was Gaslight, Dead to Me, and the draft. Very cool tour. It's a cool show. And yeah, it was awesome. And I remember... Like, the draft was, like, going to go on. They're, like, 15 minutes. All their shit set up. They're all ready to go. And the guys are kind of looking around. I'm like, where's George at? He's probably stretching or something. Like, that's what I imagine a guy's doing. He's stretching. And I see George at the bar, headphones in, doing a Sudoku puzzle, (laughs) leather jacket on, like, smoking cigs, just, like, chilling, straight chilling. Like, there's, I'm like... And I'm a I'm a fucking mess before a show. I'm jumping around. I'm like gearing up. Like I'm all like, yeah. like need to do like my calisthenics. Like I'm a freak. And 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 I'm watching this. I'm like, yo, why is he so cool? Like what's going on? And then before I know it, he literally gets like tapped on the shoulder, and just like walks on stage, leather jacket on, smoke in his mouth headphone like one headphone he just takes out and one's in and just clicks off the set and and i'm like what the fuck man this is the coolest dude ever like like how is he so smooth and then like i'm watching him play and his entire torso like doesn't move once and it's just this like tight arm factor going on and he's playing the draft stuff was kind of like... And his pair is perfect. And it's just perfect. And then <laughs> song it is, right? stops. Yes, let's do that. Like, it's unbelievable. And then they open, <laughs> they open with like three songs in a row. They stop. He's like sweating a little bit, but leather jacket stays on. Puts the earbud back in. Checks the score of the socks. <laughs> and just boom. Next. Starts clicking in. I'm like, wow. What a badass. George, he's a man. He's a he's a cool character. He is. Yeah. Character. Writing songs with him was, was awesome, you know, because I, I think any uh, new energy in the room, you know, like, yeah. to bring something, you know. Yeah. And he was really involved uh, in writing and stuff, and, like, there's a couple of cool George-esque things in there, some weird, like, time signature stuff. So would he come up from Florida, or how would you guys kind of work on this one? We always, like... Um, because Greg lives somewhere in Idaho. Idaho yeah. right. So we're all, you know, like doing our own thing, just kind of going through life. Like Greg does his thing. Brian tattoos. Like, I produce music. And George is in Florida doing some kind of Florida shit. You know? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, kicking lizards. Weird like, Florida like, stuff. Like you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, like we'll have <clears throat> just, 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 just like blocks of time set aside. Like, like, like we'll all come to Asbury Park to, uh, my studio and um we'll all just all get together for a couple of weeks that's do you hard. feel like that's helpful because when you're there you kind of have to be productive you like you can't really fuck yeah, around i do and it, it's like it's like for us now it's like it's quality time you know like when we get together we're like let's and, and like we have a lot of fun together you know where in the past it was like punching the clock kind of you know mm-hmm. um and then it's cool this time because we all have our own kind of mobile like recording things you know so we would like get together and, and, and like demo a song or just like on a, 
on like iPhone, you know, and the George would go home, do like drum tracks and like send them to me and Brian, like we put guitars on them and like over to Greg to tweet out, have like proper demos and then like keep like, like, like developing songs like that. That's super cool. That was cool. Yeah. Are you like, uh, are you like the main engineer on soul stuff now? No, I didn't no. do any of it. No. So do you want to keep that separate? Yeah, you think it's a good it's idea? not really fun to like do yeah. your own band, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you don't being, wanna, you don't want to be the guy in like charge. Bass. Isn't f- no, I don't want to try any <laughs> bass. Track, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do Brian. I want to do any singing. Punch this you know, in. Yeah. It's fun to just have the experience of, of making a record, yeah. you know, as being yeah. like a guitar player and just, yeah. you know. Uh, we had John Seymour do it, who um, John worked with us on uh, on Summer Vacation. And anger's away, and uh, the whole thing about this record is, is like wanted to go back to that kind of live setting and just like just like play live, you know. And John's the guy who always got us to do that the best. So yeah. we, we bought. Well, when you got John a great drummer, in. that's yeah. easy. That's the only way dude. to do it, man. Hell yeah! So we did it all it's live takes and stuff. What was it like? This is a little bit non sequitur, but what was it like when you did that solo on that Hot Water record? That was awesome. Yeah, I always yeah. wondered about <laughs> that. Was that was so cool. What was it like? I mean, like, because I, I always think of that, I don't know why I was thinking, when it, like, I'm thinking about someone writing a solo, I was thinking of, did you ever see that Year and a Half in Life of Metallica, that documentary? Yeah, yeah. And it's Kurt Hammack writing the um, Unforgiven solo. And Bob Rock's like, no, nah, it's not right. And he's like, and then he pulls out the solo. It's like, so amazing. I mean, what's it like listening to the song and being like, I got to get the right vibe for this? Well, you know, like, like we done so much touring together, and they're like our brother band. You know, it's so like we were together all the time, and they were making that record. And they asked me and Kate to come down and come hang out, and like, oh, why don't you come to do a guitar solo about that? Because Chuck wrote the song about us, kind of. And um, and it was like, these guys are way better guitar players <laughs> than I am. You know, <laughs> like what the fuck are they asking me to do a guitar solo for? But uh, it was cool doing it. You know. Did it kind of just come to you, or did you like labor over it, uh, or like? I think we did it that day, like in the studio, because it was like a it was like a pass off thing. I did I had a couple of things, and and Chris jumped in. Because I, I talked, I remember yeah. interviewing yeah. them little, about that record. Some mushrooms, you know, got some, <laughs> got some they, weird vibes. They <laughs> said a lot of people, like a lot of friends, were kind of coming in and out during that record yeah. a lot in general. Yeah, that's a cool song, you know. Yeah, I like that record a lot. What record did you solo on? It was that, uh... Was it on No Division or no? It was, No, it was um, on, um... The last one, I guess, right? Like The new one la- next? No, no, no. Yeah, the new one next, yeah. Yeah. One before the last one. Yeah, yeah. So, if you... If you could go... This is a time machine question. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you could go in a time machine, and you're, you have your mind now, though. So, you know how to engineer, you know how to do all that stuff. And you could catch any band at, like, their inception when they're, like, a baby band. And you could really, like, throw your, like, influence on it and be like, wow, I'd like to, like, but work with that or, band. Or, like, like, appreciate it. No, no, no. Or to, both. like, be, like, the producer engineer or wow. something like that. Like, what band would it be? Jesus. Like, in order to perhaps save a bad record? No, not necessarily to just, like just for kicks. Yeah, just to be, be like, able to like, like be a part of like, that was cool. yeah, like, like to who work was on. like the coolest. I mean, and this. All right, let's say this being said, 
you going back in the time machine, it won't cause a time ripple that'll fuck okay, up okay. the space. Okay, let's put that out there. You won't, uh, you won't Ray Bradbury the band. Like, they'll be okay. Dude, maybe Black Sabbath, like back in the 70s, you know? Yeah. I've seen some, there's this Black Sabbath, there's a, a live from them, like, in Paris, from, like, 1971 or something. And it's just the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen because the crowd is kind of sitting there in seats, you know? It's like they yeah, probably yeah. had like two records yeah. out, you know? And they, they're probably like, who are these people on stage, you know? Yeah, nobody and, was pogoing. And <laughs> they were playing like like nothing I've ever seen before, you know? Like drummer going crazy, bass player going nuts, you know? I would love to like just like witness that. Yeah. I always wonder know? about those shows, like when you right? hear about the that epic crazy shit, like yeah. or, or like how did they and like they recorded all their shit totally live, like so, like what was that like? Just like just to yeah. experience that coming through the speakers, like but, yeah, in that it, moment, like what, what did the it fuck sound this, like? Because you know? like the sound systems, when you see photos from like the seventies, sure. they're really tiny. Yeah, you know, people talk about these. I epic... bet you couldn't hear Ozzy. Yeah, that's all. the thing. Yeah. I wonder Probably what you could fucking hear. Yeah, I would almost want to look at like the crowd instead of even the band like i'd want to like see how like a thousand people who have never heard anything like black sabbath before in the context of things like that don't even exist yet right to just see like <laughs> one out of every hundred people just being like the original metalhead who's like oh fuck yeah this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like 99 other people just being like what like, what did I walk into? This? Like, yeah. no, no. Why is the cross backwards? <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Why is it upside down? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one, though. That's a band that I would, I would also love. What about you, Brad? To well, like just to see. I would like to see some artists. I don't think I'd want to be have a hand in there. No, no. You really? Even with your Vampire Weekend shorts? <laughs> <laughs> no, mine would be. You know, uh, Are you an engineer now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I would want to be like an assistant. I'd want to like be in the studio, but not actually do like just get coffee for people. And just You'd be like, like the William Miller. I'd be sort of like what I do here at Rubber Tracks. It's like a just like wall, hang out. You know? Yeah. But you made good coffee. I just had a whole Thank cup. you. Thank yeah. you. Shout out to Stumptown. Uh, I would, dude, uh, Guns N' Roses, that appetite. Those sessions must dude. have been insane. Because yeah. those guys were such a mess and then recorded like just such a flawless album like just to see what that was like sure like slash ripping those solos so isn't sick. there isn't yeah. that sex part in the it's yeah supposed to be real it's real and, and that, it's him having sex with somebody's girlfriend somebody's girlfriend yeah i just read a yeah. book about it whose girlfriend it was um, you know the the part what's is it miss not mr brownstone take it easy it's um, it, might, it might be mr brownstone. there's a song on that record where where you can hear axel Right or, or a girl like getting sexed right. by Axel, it's like and uh, and and the story goes that it was the actual real right. Uh, Whose wife. girlfriend was it though? Uh, who was it? Like a guy in the band? Can someone give me a Google on this real fast, yeah, Brad? I need to look it up. I guess I could have done that right away. Yeah, we need. Come on, you're, <laughs> you're producing here. But so the new Guns N' Roses tour. Are we excited about this? I couldn't go, but no. uh, I I heard. Uh, a couple friends went and they said Slash was fucking sick. Badass. Yeah. Yeah. Rocket Queen? Yeah. Yeah. Rocket yeah, Queen. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So who's, uh, whose girlfriend was it, allegedly? Who's the lady? Yeah. So you can hear Axel in the studio. Not 20, I just, not I just read about this. No, it was like, 
I don't know if it was someone in the band or one of their really good friends. It was like someone's... But that was like... It was like one of their friends, yeah. I believe. Someone yeah. from the strip. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Did you give up, Brad? No, I just, I just... Here we go. What okay. do we got here? You can hear frontman Axel Rose having sex in the studio with the woman who helped inspire the song. What? It doesn't say who it is. He's all like, you want to be immortalized forever? <laughs> yeah. Come with me to the studio. Yeah, but you could totally do that. Yeah. I mean, imagine those days... I like that's something about my come uping in music. I have such a hard time even like relating to it all. I feel like it would be imagine a scenario where you're on stage, Pete, and you literally got to like point to 10 women you found attractive and send somebody out to the crowd to, right. to corral oh, yeah, them. She was, she was dating Steve Adler, the drummer, at the time. Dating oh. Adler. Yeah. Oh. That's cold, man. That's Harsh. a cold style. Harsh. <laughs> As if Adler has not had yeah. a frustrating enough ride. Well, right? Like, come on. Well, that you know, that's like... Uh, King of the cowbell. Shows, like, early on, Axel's personality. <laughs> yeah. But, what are you saying? No, I was just saying, I, I can't imagine the scenario where, where you can actually do that. And then can you imagine actually, like, walking backstage, right, and being so cocksure <laughs> that, that you come into a room with, like, 12 women and just be like, hello, who's first? Like, <laughs> like, uh, like yes, actually, no, yeah, yes, yeah, no, yeah, no, yes. Yeah, line. Like, I couldn't even yeah, do that crazy. because, like, the four I found a little less attractive, I'd feel terrible yeah, about. you'd have to do yeah. it, too. I'd be buddy. like, oh, guys, like, here's, that's the guitar tech. You'll be all right. Here's a, <laughs> here's a fresca. You know, have a nice time. I, I'm too guilt-ridden to even be I in think a band like that. Going back to the whole 80s thing, you know, I, I think we were all, like, like a reaction to right. the 80s yeah. excess, you know. We're like, Definitely. we're going to be a fucking band that, you know... We don't act like that, you know? Were there, like, in the late 80s, early 90s, in, like, the punk scene, was there many women, like, attending the shows or, like, part of the scene at that time? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty active. L lots, of, lots of girls. Because we used to play with a lot of hardcore bands, and, like, I remember people always being like, like, we like playing with you guys because girls come to your shows. Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Because we were always, like, somewhere in the middle, you know, and that with the music that like, you can kind of dance to, and, like... Yeah, that's true. More well, good time. You guys were definitely. I mean, I think, I think because you became so popular and be, and and really integrated with what was happening in punk rock, people forget that like when the soul started, there wasn't really anything like you guys. Like you definitely had this twist. The the humor. There weren't bands that were that were that had so much humor involved in their music, especially East Coast bands. Right? <clears throat> yeah, none. It well, was like, fucking hardcore. We got that from like it was not funny. Like. The descendants, you know, like like yeah. listening to old, like, like we're like they, I was gonna say, they have like, like fun an, songs, like they have love songs, they have all kinds of songs. You're like that's the kind of band, yeah. Like, no, that, that and that's what be, I love you know? is the '80s punk rock stuff. That like, yeah, that was the one thing about the East Coast was it punk was not funny. Yeah, very. Serious. It was very serious. Yeah, yeah. super dark. hardcore bands. You know, that was it. Like, yeah. And we get you know like we get kind of like, scoffed at. Yeah, a lot, no, I know? I remember that yeah. you know you weren't really taken seriously and like in that. Group. Yeah. Well, well, I also. That's true. No, you're I totally remember, right. Like, you know, totally I love, I've always loved yeah. the souls, yeah. but I was always a fucking. I, you know, I was a misfit. I stopped going to the CB shows very early on because it was just too fucked up. It was so, It was serious kind of the back main, then, man. Yeah. You know, Descendants were kind of like the main fuel 
for for that fire. The, the, they were one of the bands that like we all like agreed on. Yeah, you know, like that makes sense. They were like the cassette tape in high school, in the car all yeah. the time. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would would. I mean, sort of along the same lines as like Lifetime. I wouldn't. I don't think anyone would consider themselves like an emo band. But I do feel like Quick Check Girl and that kind of stuff. Like there was definitely some like stuff that kind of I feel like could fit even into that. Yeah, melodic. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I I I think back then. You could be all those things, you know. It's like now it's your very one. You're, you're, I'm this, or I'm that, or I'm right. this, or I'm that. I think back then, like, like we played. I mean, even before that, like we did like ska music, we did funk music, we did all kinds of shit until we found our thing, you know. But I think there's, you know, there was love songs, there's, you know, emo songs, there's funny songs. There's some more kind of hardcore songs too That's in the true. mix, so. When you go back and listen to like Good the Bad and the Argyle or something, are you like, oh, this is pretty cool, or are you like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing? Like, because I, I mean, like, I can't imagine having that kind of perspective on something. Uh, it, I love that record because it was like totally, like, um, before you had any um, any filters of like what was cool. You right. Know? Like we're just like, this is what we are. You virgins. For better or worse, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's awesome. We had no like preconceptions yet of like what people thought we should be or anything what was greg like when he was young because <laughs> because like greg is he's such a he's such a sweet guy and he's so like he has this super like gentle disposition to me but i know this is probably more of like an outside perspective no he was that's like he's that's greg yeah just always been yeah. like that like yeah. he was he, quiet because he seems like the last guy in respective his personality doesn't seem to lend itself to being a singer sometimes. You know what I mean? Like where like you and Keeneland to me are guys who are like much more like, hey, here I am. <laughs> hey, I'm from Jersey. I'm yeah, in a band. Hey, especially you doing? Keeneland. And Greg's like, right. hey, guys. How you I think doing? He, you know, like those are like, it's like the yin and yang of, of Greg's personality. You know, right. he's like totally chill. And then he gets out there and just like, he's Greg. Puts you know? his little tie on. And yeah. He's on a suit. Yeah. yeah. He looks great these days. He looks great. My uh, brother took his daughter to see one of his uh, performances with the children's oh, songs cool. and stuff yeah. like that. They loved awesome. it. So do you know what Greg? Greg I've heard a little bit about it. Whenever books. someone talks about children's stuff, I usually just tune out automatically. But but no, please go ahead. I used to, cool. The other day, I, I was texting with Jonah and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I took my child... And I mummified him, and I'm going to save him <laughs> until things get better on this planet. And, like, this yeah, and, that. Yeah, yeah. and my only response was, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, seriously, just, it just, it's like a block in his brain. I can't Boy. believe that. I was that. trying to get them a show here because they were coming. He oh, you were? Yeah, because they were coming through and they needed a venue. Like, oh, yeah? He just can't. We can't do, like, paid shows here. So Yeah, so he's writing uh, records with his wife. Yeah, with his they have two yeah. records. Uh, yeah. I recorded them both with them. You know, oh, you did? super fun. They, you know, it's it's like kids' music. It's a like kids' music, but it's also like cool songs for yeah. Like yeah, their parents. Catchy. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my brother took his daughter and had like a little crew of little kids. And they had a pretty sweet party. Tons of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Just went nuts. Yeah, lots of sugar. Anyone get? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> did anyone get mummified? Uh, a few. Yeah, a few. The ones we wanted to keep around for future generations. Nice. You know? Yeah. Greg was saying something to me recently how doing that kind of stuff has like has uh I don't know how to how he said it but 
how he has they have to work so hard to get the kids into it, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah. like, he's, like, bringing that back to, you know, to uh, souls. Like, like, like I got to work this really uh, hard, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, 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 like re-appreciating like really that, engage. you know? That totally That's cool. Sense, you know? like, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, well, I never thought of that before, like, how... Like you're up there with a guitar and a bunch of kids. Like, hey kids, you, like pay attention to me now. Come on, <laughs> yeah. come on. You and know? the kids, you kind of. But like, have we're to doing like, the same thing, yeah. dude. It totally you know? makes to sense. My wife drunk, swears that it's the same reason Billy Joe teenagers. gets up at a festival yeah. is like, hello, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's exactly the same thing. Uh, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Now my wife swears <laughs> right? the toddlers are just they're just like <laughs> drunk yeah. little drunk adults. That's yeah. what toddlers are. Yeah. That's why she went from you know bartender to. Taking care of little drunk people and but, but, <laughs> transition. But I can say I can safely say the similarities between like a field of like drunk young Belgium <laughs> and like a, like just a house full of kids. I think it would take it take really similar tactics yeah. to like get their attention. Yeah. For real, actually. Yeah. So I can see where this would actually yeah. lend lend they, itself. You can kind of communicate. You kind of speak, you almost speak the same language, yeah. but not really. Maybe if I ever become an A&R guy <laughs> right. in my next life, I'm going to be some like cool suited, like, no, not, they don't wear suits. It'll be like a hundred dollar t-shirt. It's always casual blazer, Friday for an A&R guy. Yeah. And then like some kind of like Air Jordans or like some <laughs> whatever ridiculous. This will be your A&R guy look. This is your go back in time thing. No, you go no, back no, no. to when this A&R was a real this job. This is the way these assholes look, Brad. Now, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> but you can't get paid. My now. trick: I'm gonna I'm gonna find a young band. I'm like, oh, I know this great band. I'll smoke a cigar, and and I'll be like, the singer's got a bit of a hard time engaging with the audience. And in me getting him ready for his soon to be super successful music career, I'll have him like, I'll be like, you're going to this third grade class today, <laughs> and you need to get them stoked. And that'll be like my training. I, I'll yeah. sit on the side with like a water pistol. <laughs> Every time he fucks up, I'll just like like Pavlov singer, and I'll just get him going on the third grade level. Do we like this? That's great. Yeah, Jonah, I'm into it. I back it. You can't be okay. smoking cigar anymore. Like, gotta be gotta be vaping. Yeah. Oh, is vaping cool at elementary school? That's what you gotta be into. These <laughs> yeah, days. you can first. vape cigars at this. Ain't yeah, that shit I mean. is like murdering people, and they have no idea. Yeah. Like, you're so much better off having a cigarette. I'm gonna yeah. say it now. In 20 years, they're going to find some creepy stuff from having the vapor rather than just like smoking tobacco. The people's like, it's going to be like, they're going to rot soda. like from the inside out. <laughs> like, the, the, the faces are just going to slowly fall off their bones. Who knows? I mean, they might. What if, I mean, that would be the craziest thing to watch. But I got to imagine that if you're watching someone's skin like melting off their bones. More than likely, your skin is also melting off your bones because it's probably happening in some like beginning a Terminator Two nuclear holocaust sort of way. Yeah, Yeah. or you just ate some terrible LSD. What if you knew we're vaping? The nuclear holocaust is coming in half hour. We're stuck here in Brooklyn. I'm not gonna have sex with you guys. No, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) The four of us, we don't have enough time to like proper get anything going here. Like, what do we do? And how long? We got literally 30 minutes from like right now. You're well, first of all, I saw Almost Famous. So the pla- you know, the plane scene is fresh in my mind. And oh, so okay. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to keep going with this podcast and yeah. hope that... So you don't have anything hope late that, to disclose. Hope that it's a false alarm. <laughs> yeah. 
Jonah, what would, like what's your go-to move? What do you think? How did you, how did you, I always my go-to move? I'm always like, eh. Like whenever I'm on a plane, I think something's gonna happen. I'm always like, um, it's cool. This is just how it's gonna end. So you I don't really? Think I, yeah, I don't think I would panic or freak out. I you think don't I would, get terrified in turbulence. No, what, no, what I'm you, just like, yeah. Whatever. I think I'd sit here and smoke a couple of cigs and have a couple of beers with you guys. And... Saying. Yeah. 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 I think it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't go anywhere, right? We're hanging. Well, I mean, we could try. Half hours. I mean, we got, there's time. like, there's like 15 guitars here. Yeah. There's like a Dang, beer. We rock. Because yeah. like, we should, we plug in, play some songs, yeah. have some beers, have some beers. Zeppelin. And, and just like, play some Zeppelin. <laughs> oh. The rover a couple times. I would uh, love to fuck up the <laughs> rover as I die. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that was the Pete Steinkoff from the Bouncing Souls. I hope you liked it. Um, here on the Going Off here Track on the podcast. Going Off Track. Uh, Benny, how did you feel about that? I thought it was uh, strong to quite strong. Yeah, me too. Brad came in. Came in. At a strong 70 minutes, yeah. 72 minutes. It's a long one, but a good one. A lot of cool things to chat about with a fellow like that. Yes, and be sure uh, to check out the brand new Bouncing Souls album, Simplicity. Um, should be out when you're listening to this? It'll be out the day after tomorrow. day after tomorrow, so it comes out very soon. 29th. So, 29th, and catch them on tour uh, with Roger Harvey and the Menzingers in August, September, October. They never disappoint. Never disappoint. No way. Yeah. Never. If you, uh, yeah, if you don't think they're good live, like. You're probably listening to the wrong podcast. Dude, you probably <laughs> need to reevaluate what music's supposed to sound like because you don't get it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. We don't want those people. Yeah. Show some respect. Yeah. If you don't want to go see the Bouncing Souls and think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't go, care about you. Yeah, go go see whatever like dumb Hollywood yeah. movie no, that's disposable no one's going to care yeah. about. Have fun have fun listening to your Chad Kroger albums yeah. and staring at fucking embroidered jeans, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have fun being sad forever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't like the bouncing souls, if this is really you, also, watch for Benny and Mai's new album, Yoga Sounds. Oh yeah, also, if you leave nature <laughs> You don't, you don't care about the bouncy souls or like them. Why did you just listen to over an hour long podcast with them? Also, that's just like you're some kind of weird masochist. Yeah. Anyways, maybe they were just waiting to hear um, us talk again. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that must be it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> buy the new Bouncing Souls album. Do uh, donate to us on our website. Yeah, leave us nice reviews on iTunes. Uh, send us good vibes send us good vibes through the air Mm -hmm. and yeah thanks for listening we'll be back next week with another great podcast Uh, we'll see you then